be a certain town that's dear to me. Home to Mohawks and G. It's God's Schenectady. I was born there and I'll die there. My first home I hope to buy there. Have a kid or at least try there. Sweet Schenectady. And when I'm buried and I'm dead, upstate worms will greet my head. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Reservations and I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. Man, it's good to be back. Yeah, it is. Uh, we took a... It felt like a longer break. Dude, I was out of town for a whole week, bro. It was... It's too long. It's too long to be gone. I mean, I had a great time, but it was too long to be gone. Yeah. Uh, so if y'all missed it, um, <laughs> we took a break for Christmas um, and simultaneously also sort kind of sort of uh, New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first episode of 2022. Yep. Um, man. What a way to start, you know? Yeah. Uh, of, yeah. I, and I wanted to bring that up. A little bit of Charlie Kaufman. Before we... <laughs> Uh, once we got into it, but yeah, what a fucking way to not only start the tail end of our season or it, sort of get ready to end yeah, this yeah. season, but start 2022 is this movie. Yeah. Um, but also as we were kind of talking about off mic, um, this is the third thing I've seen Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Lee in, in the past week. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, uh, not last week. Two weeks ago, yep. I had been watching Twin Peaks. I made it to the return. Nice. Probably some of the best TV I've ever seen. <laughs> of course. Granted, I was four years late. Still. But best TV I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but, of course, she's in it yeah. <laughs> as uh, Chantal. Um, but then after that, I because I'd signed up for a um, month-long free trial of Showtime. And uh, I think I have it for about another 10 days. Oh, nice. So I was like, all right, what can I watch next? And then I watched the... Dude, you gotta watch Dexter. Dude, do you know how much I've got to catch up on that? Because I, I need to rewatch. Even though I know what happens in the, at least season one and two, mm-hmm. I still need to rewatch it. Are you serious? Yeah, I need to. It's what? been a long time since I've watched Dexter. Oh, man. So I, no way. I, there's no way I'm going to make it in time. That's crazy. Um, but, uh, but I really wanted to watch Patrick Melrose. Mm-hmm. Great five-minute... Uh, five episode miniseries she's also in it with benedict cumberbatch hugo weavy um really really good show about addiction and abuse and how that really fucks a person up mm-hmm. um and then now this uh so three jennifer jason lee i mean even though she's not the main character of this Some would one say it's too much jennifer jason lee yeah uh now i need to finish the uh the hateful eight and yeah. Watch uh, Kurt Russell just beat the shit out of her the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, I got to the first punch when he uh, bloodies his, or bloodies her nose oh after God, he dude. meets Sam Jackson. Her her character sidebar. Her character gets progressively just worse and worse and worse. Uh, meaning like more beat up and more beat up. But I remember. You, I remember. Shout out to it's really our fun. season one episode one. Oh yeah, that I remember you telling me that like yeah, Kurt Russell just. Beats the shit out of her the whole movie. The whole movie, yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, uh, so she's not the main character no. of this movie. And Jeremy, what, what is this movie, in case the people have forgotten? Uh, today we are talking about Charlie Kaufman's Synecdoche, New York. So that's how it's pronounced. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, man, so this one was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, to, to everyone who also forgot, we said, or at least Jeremy said... We're going to do a Kaufman episode every season. And so... We're going to try. This is his directorial debut. Yep. Um, which, I mean... And what a monumental task for him to give himself, you know? Yeah, it's not like, only writing, but directing this and, as well. And not just directing a movie, directing this movie. Because this movie... Yeah. Um, I was watching some of the special features uh, today, and the, the script supervisor had to make a chart. To make sure that they were... In the right place at the right time. Because it's like, okay, so you have Warehouse 1, then you have Warehouse 2, then you have Warehouse 3 and 4, and then you have scenes outside of those warehouses. And so she put down, uh, if a scene is outside of the warehouse, if a scene is inside of a warehouse, and which one? Yeah. Right? Just to keep track. And because they all have to look 
slightly different because um, Warehouse 1 is going to be finished. Warehouse 2, they're working on finishing it. Warehouse 3, they're just starting, right? Like the mm. sets and stuff. And so um, it's it's really mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. Right? What, a, what a... Like I said at the beginning of this, what a mind-fuck of a movie. <laughs> well, that's why it's my last pick for my strange films uh, yeah. genre so, list this year. Okay. Or this season. So before we get into it, yeah. uh, first impressions, because like I mentioned... In our Santa Claus episode, um, I had not seen this. Yep. Uh, I remember seeing trailers for it and promotional stuff for it, but never got around to seeing it, mainly because I just never got around to it. Yeah. So first impressions, uh, there there was a little bit of not necessarily confusion, mm-hmm. but a little bit of I was having a hard time keeping up. Yeah. Um, but then once the movie really ramps up, mm-hmm. I was sort of catching on. I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. I get it now. And uh, I really liked it. I I may need to watch it again. Good oh, thing I only you have to watch it. Again. Good thing I only bought it for six bucks. Yep. Uh, and so I do want to watch it again because there are some things I wasn't necessarily missing, but and we could talk through some of those things. Yeah. When I when I first started it, I I do the I do I was doing the normal thing I was doing when we pick a movie for the podcast is I, I tend to get on my phone, not to look things up about the movie, but just to kind of have a, a very streamlined understanding of mm-hmm. what I'm about to get into. Like who's in the movie, who directed it. Yeah. And that's really all I need to know. And mainly like how do critics respond to it? I don't want to see anything about the plot or anything like that. And I wasn't kind of paying attention in the, in the first few minutes. And then that's when, that I caught sucks. something. That I was, sucks because you missed some cool stuff. Well, well, like I was paying attention, but I yeah, wasn't yeah. comprehending it, and so that. But I would say after maybe the twenty minute mark, I was like, all right, I, I need to pay attention. So I put my phone down. Um, but all in all, I really did enjoy it. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman. If we didn't, if I didn't mention it enough in our Big Lebowski episode, I fucking love him. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he will forever be missed. Yeah. And he 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 just carries this this very strange movie. Yeah. Um. So where should we begin, Jeremy? Well, let's give. I'm gonna give a brief sort of overlay of what the movie's about. I was gonna say because it's hard to delve um, into a, a full plot synopsis. Yeah, and so. then I'll just dive in piece by piece because. Okay. Um. So, uh, you have Caden Cotard, uh, who is named after. The Qatar delusion. I, I had to look that up because I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And uh, it's when a person believes they are either dead um, or they don't exist. Right. They don't exist. They some with this delusion believe they are rotting or missing blood or organs. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's in layman's terms. It's also considered uh, walking dead syndrome. Yeah. So that's who he's named after, which is fitting because. Caden is obsessed with his own mortality yeah. and um, in trying to, you know, uh, get a jump on uh, his illnesses he might have. Right. And he yeah. tends to have illnesses. This is not a delusion. He has illnesses. Yeah. See, which I found kind of my first little pen. What I found interesting that Kaufman would do that, that he would be named after this disease, but... Rather than him thinking like, oh, no, I have this and people tell him he's fine. Kaufman really was like, oh, no, he there is something wrong with. Yeah, he's not fine. Yeah. Um, And so he is a a uh, theater director Mm -hmm. and he is working on his new uh, revised version of Death of a Salesman, which is an interesting choice because Death of a Salesman is also a very, you know, it deals with uh, existentialism. It deals with uh, fear of mortality. It deals with you know the the death of a time. The you know it's it's very fitting that uh, yeah. that Caden is doing death of a salesman. Um, his wife Adele is an artist. Uh, she paints miniature, miniature. paintings. Yeah, uh, that are very good. Oh yeah, and very small. Um, I, I thought it was very cute when she's like, I, I got to get these ready for shipping and they're in little tiny freight boxes. I was like, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. And it's very Kaufman. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So 
she ends up moving away to Germany with their daughter. Their daughter, Olive. And, spoilers, he never sees her again. Nope. Um, uh, Catherine Keener, who plays Adele, is not in the movie anymore. At least not in physical form. Because we, she's in magazine covers. And yeah, we like hear that. her voice yeah. throughout the movie, too. But physically, she's not in the movie anymore. Yeah, I would say, what do you think, 20 minutes? Probably. And then that's it? And that's it. She's no longer in the movie. Um, which plays into the rest of the movie. But yeah. um, while trying to deal with the loss of his family, right, basically, mm-hmm. uh, he is awarded the MacArthur Genius Grant, um, which is a real thing, um, where uh, the MacArthur whatever um, gives people money to do art and other things. To do whatever they want. Right. As long as, you know, I mean, as long as it's, you know, what you're, you know, what you do. Right. It's right. like you can't buy it like a, a yacht. Like you need to like do something with it. Oh, you mean to tell me my my award winning film? I can't buy a new car. No, <sighs> I know. So he decides to do a massive theater piece. Yeah. Um, as one does. And by massive, I mean literally gigantic. Um, he buys a warehouse. I, I love and, that um, his realtor is like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, like Shakespeare and stuff. Like, yeah, and he's like King Lear. Yeah, I can see it. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the rest of the movie is really just him trying to finish the play. Him having these um, these relationships with these women. Mm-hmm. Um, Took me a while. Falling in and out of love with these women um, multiple times. Yeah, and or at least with Hazel. Yeah, and um, trying to deal with the fact that one day he's going to die while watching everyone he loves die around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up being a very beautiful movie. I, I do, I do get emotional at the end of this movie cause it's just so good. And it, it's so, it's kind of sweet, but also very sad. And you know, anyway, so that's pretty much the synopsis. Yeah. So one of my favorite things in the beginning of the film is the passage of time. The passage of time goes from, him reading the newspaper, it's like October 1st. Mm-hmm. He puts it down. He grabs the milk. It says it expires October 20th. He smells it. It's expired. He goes back to his newspaper. It says November. See. Right? You missed that, that stuff. That's the stuff I missed. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, see, I, I mean, obviously, of course, you know, Kaufman shows us this. But, yeah, I did notice that time ramps up very time, quickly. Time plays a really interesting integral part of this film and it's my favorite type of manipulation of time right right this this uh, expansion of it and um and this manipulation of things are moving very very fast mm-hmm. right uh in the span of a few seconds right yeah. like in the beginning um before he picks up the newspaper by the way the uh the radio says happy halloween and then he looks at the newspaper, and then it's November. Anyway, um, so that stuff I really like because that one, that's just details. Yeah. That that are just in there, that you're like, oh, it's we've got a month in you know literally less than a minute, right? Yeah. Um, and then of course by the time he hits, he gets the head injury with the sink, and then he's in the car. It's been oh, it's been like two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, well, see, and it, and it seems, and I did catch on to this pretty early, uh, at least for Caden, he's not noticing these things. No, not necessarily. I, and what I like also is with the the cartoons, the advertisements on TV, the, the things in the newspaper, uh-huh. the things in the magazines that have him in it, mm-hmm. right? He's not really reacting to these things like, either. Huh. I think it's almost like, I don't know if that's meant to be real right i think it's meant to be like he's worried about being sick and so everything that has to do with medications or illnesses or right diseases he's Mm. putting himself in there right right? um it's almost you know uh, visually representing his anxieties about dying yeah, because the cartoons are kind of weird. You know, when he, first, <laughs> yeah. when he first turns it on, they're talking about a virus and how a virus works, mm-hmm. um, which is <laughs> a 
kind of fitting for for you to pick this movie during a pandemic. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> but but then you know later on about like you know with sheep, uh, which of course if I didn't say it in our um, I'm thinking of anything's episode, mm-hmm. I love that Kaufman really really includes all types of medium mm-hmm. you know in in the movie what so was like, the name of the restaurant and i'm thinking of anything the dairy queen that's not dairy oh queen. the ripoff dairy queen yeah, oh do you fuck the name um, i don't anyway, remember it, it reminded future me, rain put put that up that's what the the commercial um in in i'm thinking of anything reminded me of synecdoche uh okay. doing the the cartoons and the whatever right um him making his own stuff mm-hmm. right and of course it it matters because he's putting Caden in them. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So like, I, 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 I really liked <clears throat> that. It didn't seem that Caden wasn't really, um, uh, almost comprehending the passage of time. You know, when, no. when, um, he mentions to Hazel that his wife went away and he, he's like, you know, I'm sure she'll be back soon. It's only been about a week. And she's like, it's been a year. Yeah. And he's kind of like, what? Yeah. And anyway, and it just kind of moves on. And from then, of it. course, the the mishearing of things. Yeah. I, well, let's see. And I, I I loved that, too. The, yeah, the mishearing of things. But the audience, we heard it, too. Yeah. But then he the line changes. Right. Like, uh, like with Hope Davis in the, his therapist uh-huh. when she goes, well, why did you? And he's like, what? Well, why didn't you? Well, why would you? Oh yeah. Why yeah. would you? Yeah. And he's like, I don't, hmm. uh, I don't, you know, um, her character's hilarious, uh, because she, especially when he's on the plane reading the book and she's there. Yeah. And it, the book even says, you know, like for instance, look to your left and he looks and then she's right there. Yeah. Right. Looking at him. Right. Um, she's fun. I like her. And of course her shoe. Um, did that make you uncomfortable? Her, her shoe kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Oh, no. You didn't notice that? No, I didn't notice that. I, cause I was, that's, that's, uh, cause I saw that. I mean, obviously cause Kaufman shoots her feet, but I, yeah, I didn't notice that. Either. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's to where like, it's even like swollen and like, and like bulging out of the, the straps. Oh yeah. No, no? <laughs> I guess okay. I must have looked away at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, little details in this thing. This thing is, I mean, Roger Ebert calls this the greatest film of the two thousands. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's only 2008, right? Yeah. And so this sort of capping off that decade, um, I, I kind of agree. And this is definitely Kaufman's masterpiece. And we'll get more into that at yeah. the end. Um, to me, this is the penultimate. This is, well, Kaufman at his at his most pure. Yeah, I think. Well, and you know, it's funny that you bring up the reviews because I, I just want to talk about this real quick. Okay, usually that's it for the end, but we'll do it. Now. Well, but yeah, but I, I, I didn't want to save this for the end. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny that Roger Ebert. No, I wouldn't say funny. Uh, it, it is really great that Roger Ebert loved the movie because I did remember I did read somewhere that a lot of people thought it was pretentious mm-hmm. and. I think it was, I think it was, the word was self-absorbed or self-serving. Okay. I don't remember. But pretentious stuck with me. And I'm like, hmm. I don't see pretentious, really. I don't know. In the back of my head, I was like, you want to see pretentious? Watch Mother. <laughs> There's pretentious <laughs> That for is you. pretentious. Uh, but I, I just found it so interesting that, you know, I mean, I could kind of see why a critic would say this movie is pretentious because of how... Because even as the audience, the line between fact and fiction blurs. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't really know, especially at the end of the movie, if he's really in New York or if he's in the warehouse or if he's been in the warehouse the whole time. At least that's how I Uh, saw it. No, he's in the warehouse. Yeah. But, you know, we don't really know what's happened in the real world. Or if this is the real world, right, right, within right, right. the warehouse. Well, you know? and I—that's sort of on purpose, right? Like right. these, like his life gets so chaotic and so almost out of control. Yeah, a little bit with all of the things he's trying to achieve with this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, when did you first notice Tom Noonan? Oh, immediately. Oh, did you really? It was because. It, it, uh, if I haven't talked about it enough on the podcast, great sound design. I heard his shoes. Oh, okay. And well, because I was like, that's a little 
weird. And yeah. but they made the you know the leather of his shoes squeaking when he like kind of like moves slightly into frame, right? And then moves slightly back. Um, but yeah, I, no, I, I noticed him immediately. I did notice the first few the first time um, because I was so focused on Caden and Hazel that I even missed him being in the behind the tree in between them, I think, the first time I saw it. Yeah, because he walks away a few times. Um, but yeah, yeah, and of course, he's like in the in the foreground in, in some, right? Speaking and, of him, isn't he the voice of everyone else? Yes. In, okay, yeah, I was yeah, about to say, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I feel like we talked about him in uh, Anomalisa. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I noticed him uh, immediately. Um, I love his character. I, I love Sammy. That, that he chooses to follow Caden. So it, it's like he's... It's interesting he chooses Caden because Caden is such a, a broken... Man. Person, right? Yeah. He is. And, you know, he's following this this guy who is... He's really literally falling apart. Yeah. Right? Uh, physically and mentally, he's yeah. falling apart. And... And what a coincidence that he needs to, you know... Eventually cast someone to play him. Yeah. And here's this guy who, who's been following him around for 20, 20 years, years. Which means he's been following him around long before Olive was born. Yeah. Um, probably, you know, at some point in 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 Caden's career, this guy was like, you know what? This guy. Yeah. But again, that's the beauty of this is that I don't need to, I don't need to know you why. Don't, you don't need a, an who origin cares? story. Who cares? <laughs> the fact is, this guy's been following Caden for 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just so interesting. It's, you know, it's very Kaufman, but it's, it's sort of, I love the line he gives where hire me and find out who you really are. Yeah. Because he, he knows Caden better than probably Caden knows Caden at this point. Yeah. Because Caden will, like all of us do, we'll, we'll lie to ourselves. We'll, you know, we'll ignore certain things about ourselves. We'll pretend to be something else at certain times. But sorry, it is gross. Are you looking at how gross oh, no, it is I just, right now? I really, I'm jealous because I'm ready for you. Oh, okay. So if, oh, sorry. If, if the people can see it, uh, Jeremy got a new tattoo. I did. It's a shark, um, but it's, it's a little scabby up here still. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Uh, I'm anyway. just, I'm just jealous because I, well, I mean, I'm going to get a new tattoo soon, but I just, I'm just like, man, like, and yeah. it came out so well. Oh, thank you. Um, man. I'm assuming you got it. Shout out to Dave Nash, uh, at, uh, heart and hand, which is owned by Elm street, um, in Dallas. Ah, okay. Sorry. I'll stop staring at it. No, I that's just... fine. I was like, wait, what's wrong? <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay. You can stare at it. What would you have been like, Jeremy, when you stopped the episode? Uh, yeah. you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, I like that, you know, Sammy is going to play Caden the way Caden is. He's right. not going to sugarcoat anything for Caden, which right. ends up being sort of tumultuous with, especially with his relationship with Hazel mm-hmm. and his relationship with Michelle Williams and her name. Carrie. Gets, Carrie. Me the Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, I think it's something with a C. Sure. But Michelle Williams is in yep. the movie, which I didn't realize that was her when they were doing the rehearsals for Death of a Salesman. Oh, right. I was like, I was like, that face looks really familiar. Yeah. And then when they're in the bar after the first show, she's not wearing a wig or anything. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's Michelle Williams. Because at first I thought it was Carrie Mulligan. Oh. Because so does everybody else. Because her, because her, when she has her profile and she's looking at him this way. They get like, oh my god, a lot. Carrie Mulligan, and then when she faces the camera, I was like Michelle Williams. I was like, oh, Michelle it's Williams. almost like you know, glasses on or glasses off, right? Superman. Like, yeah, it's like, is that? Oh, that's uh, that's Isla Fisher. Oh, it's uh, it's Amy Adams. I, yeah, I can, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry, I gotta put my glasses on. That's what it is. Yeah, with, with those two, yeah, all the time. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, because you know, uh, Sammy. And Caden kind of lets him. Sammy really sort of invades their life yeah. to see how Caden is outside of yeah. the production and to see how he really behaves when he's not directing people. So my favorite thing about this movie mm-hmm. has to do with Hazel. Okay. It's her house. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to read about that because I read a thing about like the motifs in the movie and I was reading about her house perpetually being on fire. It's always on fire, but it gets progressively more on fire. So, um, I was wrong. I've told many people this, 
um, that it's the same amount of on fire. And that's not true because once we get up to 50 years later, it's almost burnt to the ground. It's just that it it's slow burning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because then eventually, spoilers, she dies of smoke inhalation. And she even says to the realtor, like, I'm just, I'm just terrified of dying in the fire. Yeah. You know? I mean, technically the fire doesn't kill her. It's all the smoke. And it's, it, it's one of my favorite things about surrealism, which is like, if anyone has seen uh, the movie wrong, uh, which is the same guy who did rubber. Um, no, there's, I haven't seen any of You haven't either. seen rubber. Do you know about rubber? It's the one about the tire. Or that kills people. Yeah. That's fucking so stupid. So in wrong, um, our character goes to work and it's raining inside. Like in the building? Yeah. Okay. And well, no, one's, it, no one's mentioning that it's raining, right? Well, isn't it sort of, isn't that also kind of comparable to being John Malkovich with the low ceilings? Yes. And they're like... People tend, to, and now when they're mentioning it, which of course she's mentioning the house being on fire, yeah. right? So they acknowledge that, hey, yeah, this house is on fire. Yes. But it's not a concern, really. Right. It, it's, it keeps the, the house at a decent price, I would assume. <laughs> well, see... So I actually didn't catch the whole thing about the fire. I just thought she was saying that because she was worried about dying in a fire. I was like, yeah, this is weird. That the house is all smoky. Yeah. But then it was it was later um, when Caden comes over. That I was like, wait, is the house actually on fire? The house is actually on fire. And, you know, it's it's just pure surrealism that I just love. Yeah. I love this whole world. This world that Caden lives in is like uses dream logic, but keeps things pretty, pretty low to the ground. It, it, yeah. You know, it's not, you know, too outlandish. Right. Yeah. The passage of time is obviously one of those. The house being on fire is one of those. Mm-hmm. The idea of this theater piece is one of those. Right. Yeah. Um, most everything else, you know, besides, you know, olive aging rapidly, rapidly. Right. But of course, that's the passage of time. Um, well, let's, let's talk about Olive a little bit. So, yeah. um, she's an annoying little girl. She's kind of annoying. Um, probably I was really worried, uh, cause it was already starting to kind of take me out of it. Uh, she was, she was just so annoying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, please tell me she's not. You also don't see her again. Yeah. Um, well, at least the little girl. Right. You, I mean, you, in flashbacks, yes. Um, but yeah, when next time you see Olive, she is... Uh, over 11 for sure yeah, 11. that's when he's having the conversation with Maria right yeah which is um, so as I've mentioned before on the podcast I don't like it when our story turns on our character mm-hmm. and so like everyone kind of turns against Caden yeah primarily Olive and Maria Jennifer Jason Lee Jennifer Jason um, but I, I really love how <laughs> living in Berlin has given them both German accents, accents. yes <laughs> it's given Jennifer Jason Lee an accent which is interesting Right, right? especially since she was an adult. Yes, she went with them to Berlin. So your, I mean, your accent would already have been yeah fixed in. But I, I like that. I like that choice of her having her. It's almost like everything about her has changed. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, and it also it also kind of seemed very early on that Caden didn't like Maria to begin with. It no, and you know Adele wasn't very nice either. But of course, we're going in at the tail end of their relationship. Yeah. Right. And so when she's talking about, you know, him not being creative and he's, you know, there's nothing new to say with Death of a Salesman, you know, whatever. Like he's not doing anything too unique. He's not doing anything, you know, artistic, right? It's just Death of a Salesman with younger actors. Who cares? Right. Um, With 516 lighting cues. Essentially, uh, almost kind of, at least how I read that line is, Kaufman being sort of meta or, or, or uh, calling how reboots now cast younger actors in what should have been like an older person in yeah, that role. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, now not so much, but definitely. Yeah, but it was popular for a while. Definitely, I would say from 2010 to about maybe 2017. Yeah, we were seeing a lot of younger people in what should have been an older actor's role. I agree. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, hey, uh, Olive. Olive, So, Olive, um, her tattoos. Yeah. Um, he goes, he goes to Berlin. Yeah, to track her down because he sees 11-year-old Olive 
Which is interesting that he recognizes that's all immediately. Yeah. Um, even though he hasn't seen her in, you know, so from his perspective, which again, he doesn't realize how much time has passed. And technically neither do we really. I mean, it's, you know, it's sort of up in the air. Yeah. So roughly seven years have passed. Yeah. And he sees Olive in a magazine. She's heavily tattooed, like more so heavily than either of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he tells Michelle Williams, I've got to go get her. Yeah. And this is when we... <laughs> oh, by the way, I love... Um, it's 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 a bit. It's obviously a joke, right? It's meant for laughs. But oh, the, her uh, whole... Air, who isn't? Who isn't? Who is and, and she has she's a, a giant yeah. back piece. Oh, well, I haven't seen that. Well, I never noticed that, right? And it, it plays into uh, that Caden has a lot of problems with uh, emotional intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Because if he didn't notice that... Right. Yeah. That's his wife. Yeah. You know giant I mean? devil tattooed on your wife's back. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it plays into that. So it is important. It's not just for laughs, but. Right. Well, and it, and, it, and, it, and it makes sense that you would bring up intimacy with, you know, especially the first time he sleeps with Hazel. He cries. Yeah. In the middle of sex. And I do like that we never got an answer to that. Yeah. Uh, as we were kind of talking about with <laughs> Twin Peaks Return of not having almost all my questions answered. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like that. Kaufman didn't circle back to why he does that. No, he just he just cries. He's just so lonely, yeah. right? He could be surrounded by people but still be lonely. Yeah. And so, but yeah. So so back to Olive. Right. Olive. Um. Yeah. And this is when he. This is when we <laughs> that Maria has acquired an accent, and has tattooed. She's the one who's tattooing Olive. Yeah, because Olive is her muse. Right. And later, lover. Right. Uh, which. It's a little weird if you think about it. It is, of course. Right? But, of course it's um, weird. And it's supposed to be a little jarring, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, again, this dream logic of, you know, you're not going to dream about a stranger, right? Mm-hmm. So you to have people be connected, you have to already know them to for them to be in your dreams, right? Right. Um, same thing with places and whatever. So, you know, it almost works with the dream logic to have Maria, who he knows be with Olive, who he also knows, right? It wouldn't right. be a stranger. Yeah. 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 So then uh, after this confrontation with Maria about what has she done to his daughter, yeah. we don't see Olive again until she's... Uh, older. Older. Um, I would say probably late 20s. Yeah. Um, a sort of nude... Sort of this weird... yeah, Like art sex thing. Yeah. Or she just stands behind a... A plastic uh, glass wall and blows bubbles. Yeah, um, that was that was a scene I, I kind of I was like, oh man, that sucks because you know Caden is trying to get her attention. Yeah, and trying to tell her that you know he's here to get her, and yeah. she just ignores him, and he gets dragged out of there. Um, now my favorite part about Olive, my favorite thing in this movie about, that has to do with Olive is when she's dying. Mm-hmm. And her tattoos have wilted with yeah. her. I thought right? that was cool. That was so cool. Because, right? you know, she says that the, the flowers have become infected, so they're dying. And so am I. And uh, Deadwood fans would recognize her as Calamity Jane, um, the actress. Uh, uh, oh, Deadwood? Yeah, Deadwood. I've never watched it. Oh, it's really good. Um, <laughs> and so that I really like. I, I like the idea of the, the headsets. Yeah. Because she, because because Olive, not only has gotten an accent as well, but she only speaks German. That one makes a little more sense because she was so young when she moved. It does. Yeah. But yeah, she only speaks German, and this is the only way she can communicate with her dad. This is another. This is another thing I didn't like that the world kind of turned on Caden. Yeah. Because Maria has poisoned his daughter against him. Right. You know, Maria has told Olive that he abandoned Olive, that he is a homosexual now with yeah. a lover named Eric. Yeah. And he's like, that's not true. Yeah. I did not abandon you. I looked for you. I could not find you. And it, it broke my heart just because like I said, I don't like it when our story turns, yeah, yeah, yeah. but a story about a lonely guy, of course it would turn on him. Um, yeah. And again, he's watching someone 
as he is obsessed with his own mortality, he is watching other people die around him that he loves, yeah. right? And Olive is one of those. And yeah, his, his... It might be the hardest hitting one, too, because it's his daughter. I think so. I think the only one that really hit him hard is when Hazel dies. Uh, Hazel, I think, yeah. I think Olive and Hazel's death really, really affect him the most. Yeah. Um, when his parents die, he, he's upset, but he... And Adele's is so fast. He doesn't also, he never gets to say goodbye to really anybody. He, um... Yeah, Olive is too busy denying forgiveness, yeah. right, uh, for him to say goodbye, right? And she mm-hmm. dies right there. Yeah, and uh, and Maria berates him. Yeah, uh, poor guy. Poor guy. Um, his when his parents die, he's yeah, he's hosting a, a, a not a wake, a, a reception. Reception, I guess. Um, After party. <laughs> At their house, and again, doesn't seem to be that broken up about yeah. his parents. But then, yeah, he doesn't really get to say good. Well, he kind of did. Never mind. I was about to say he doesn't get to say goodbye to Hazel, but he kind of does when he leaves her a voicemail. Yeah, because yeah. that's the only thing he can. Because as Kaufman establishes, after every tragedy, he calls Hazel, mm-hmm. and so of course, after her own death, all he can do is just call her. Right. Um, Knowing she's not going to answer, but that's it's almost like a coping mechanism yeah, for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so in a way, he I think Hazel's the only one he gets to say goodbye Which to. is fitting, because yeah. it's really the only person he's ever loved, is Hazel. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the theater piece itself. Okay, I was, I was, I was wondering when we are going to get there, because yeah, this is a... Uh... here. So this is what sucked me in in the first place. So years and years and years ago... Uh, when I saw the trailer for this movie, I was sort of interested. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the trailer, you have that scene, and I wrote it down, where the guy goes, Caden, when are we going to get an audience in here? It's been 17 years. And then he looks up, and there's all these people around him. And, you know, I was obsessed with that idea. Like, it took him how long? You know? Hey, and I was obsessed with this idea of... of sp- being obsessed with something so much that it consumes your life and that it, it time seems to pass you by because of this obsession, right? Mm-hmm. And that you're not noticing, which it, which makes sense, right? Yeah. And um, that's what really sucked me in. Of course, it uh, took him longer than 17 years to, I guess, finish it. It took him about 40 years from the time he starts to the time he finishes, I think, because the whole yeah. movie's 50. Uh, like 50 years? 50 years, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it also, the... Um, it is the future. Um, because uh, in the special features, they go, yeah, in 2030, that's when this happens. In 2040, that's when this happens. Like, oh, we're doing future future. Oh, we're going oh, yeah. we're going well into the future. Because it's, it begins in modern day, right? Yeah. Um, and and again, Kaufman being Kaufman, I think that it would have taken you out of it for people to have like fucking holograms and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad that it's just whatever. Well, and 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 we focus. We're you know primarily in the warehouse. And the warehouse is stuck in 2008. Yeah. Which is good, because you know while the the future and we get a little bit of future stuff. Oh, with the uh, the earpieces. Earpieces, people have gas masks on. There's, it seems to be a military state thing going on outside. Yeah. Um, In the real world. Yes, that's outside Warehouse One. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, okay. So the theater piece. So the theater piece. I love the idea of the theater piece. It is a a great idea. He, Caden wanted to, or wanted, did uh, want to make a piece where it's very real. It's very brutal. Um... And it's very uh, uh, truthful. Yeah. It kind of, well, yeah, pretty much. But rather than telling, oh, and he wanted to pour himself into this. Yeah. And so rather than telling a story, he decides we're going to adapt real life. Yeah. We're going to hire actors. They are going to take scenes out of my life and they're going to play them. Um, this, of course, is when we meet Sammy. Um and Hazel comes back into his life as his assistant, which I love that her her binder progressively gets bigger and bigger. It has to, right? Um, and and this is where the, the lines between 
the theater piece in real life blur. Uh, yeah. This is where it gets really muddle, uh, muddy, right? Because he this wants is... it to be real. And so they're not rehearsing the same thing over and over again. They are they're going day by day in his life, mm-hmm. right? If something happens to him the next day, that's what they're doing, right? Yep. It's and the idea of course is eventually is all of these people aren't extras. All these people are the stars of their own story. Yeah. Right? And so he's trying to highlight that and well and he figures that out when Sammy dies. Right. Um and I love the scene where he's looking up at all of the the scaffolding and stuff and where people are and he tells the guy wall it up. It's not real. It's not real. The buildings aren't open face like that. Mm-hmm. Cover it up. And and then he progressively keeps you know, it's almost like he's he's trying to create a life he's trying to escape his life by having people play his life. play his life which is not how it works well and then of course it, it gets progressively meta you know so he has sammy playing him but then he hires an actor to play sammy playing him and then yep. it's sort of the same concept of and the only reason why this idea came in is because uh, ashley and i watched the harry potter 20 year reunion today it's the same idea of helen bottom carter Playing Emma Watson, playing Helen Bottom Carter. Yeah. Because, it, yes, it's Helen Bottom Carter, but she has to think, okay, how would Hermione play Bellatrix in this moment? Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of what it is. is it's, it's, these, it's this multi-layered story mm-hmm. that Caden is trying to tell, but it's progressively trickling down and trickling down. And this guy's got to play this guy who's playing this guy. Which is why there's multiple warehouses. Yeah. And so what's really cool is that I think I mentioned it earlier is in the very beginning is walking through the warehouses. Uh, the newsstand in warehouse one is done where when they walk into warehouse two, they're just building the newsstand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, which is why the script supervisor was losing her mind because, you know, she needs to know what's going on, <laughs> where these things are taking place and where they're at. Right. God, uh, you need an infographic just to, <laughs> ju- just to figure out where people are at what time and which warehouse they're in and who is playing who. And right. Like right. what, what level are we on? Well, and, and good, good job on her, man. Cause like, yeah, making the chart was really, helpful. I mean, watching, you know, us visiting an, a real movie set, you know, seeing, I don't think we, Scott didn't introduce us to the script supervisor, if I remember correctly. They were probably busy. I don't probably. know. Probably. But for a simple movie like that, I'm sure they still have to be like, okay, like, what are we doing exactly? Okay, we got to do this. Okay. So good, good for her that she managed to um, not go. Kill herself? Yeah. I agree. Because it's such <laughs> a daunting task, right? This, um, this idea is so enormous. Yeah. Right? Um almost as enormous as the theater piece itself uh, that Caden is trying to accomplish uh, this idea of these multiple layers of realities and, mm-hmm. or of uh, play realities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Let's look at my notes. Shall we? Well, uh, so I want to talk about how, it, while you're looking at your notes, sure. I, want, I want to talk about how Caden sort of, gets embroiled in kind of sort of like a love square. <laughs> Not, it wouldn't be a triangle because there's four of them. So it'd be a square yeah. um, where of course he loves Hazel, but Sammy who's playing Caden is also falling in love with Hazel. But as he explains, like if you're going to fall in love with Hazel, we have a Hazel for you to fall in love with uh, right. the actress, Tammy. That's not her real name. No, but Tammy it's, playing it's Emily Hazel. Watson. By the way. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to figure out where I'd seen her. I had to look up where... Tons of stuff. Um, the only one that really I knew was the... And more on the Harry Potter, uh, she was in the first Fantastic Beasts movie. Oh, was she? I don't know. She was uh, uh, Credence, uh, Ezra Miller's mom. Oh, character. okay. Um, uh, but she shows her boobs in this one. The Lars von Trayer fans will know her um, in Breaking the Waves. Um, also, she's in Chernobyl. Oh. Um, 
But yeah. Emily Watson's been in it. But anyway, um, and it's and so he sort of gets embroiled in this. Right, love. because he also has a relationship with Emily Watson too. Yeah, who? Yeah, they sleep together. Who plays Hazel? Yeah, in the in the art piece, she plays Hazel. So he, they sleep together, and it seems like okay, maybe now Tammy is going to be his new kind of uh, wife, because you know he married Michelle Williams. And 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 Kaufman sort of sets it up as, yeah, that's about to, what's to happen when you know Tammy interrupts the scene and says like, well, wouldn't, Caden. You know, like, wouldn't Hazel get mad at you? You know, and the real Hazel's like, no, I wouldn't. Like, you know, and uh, of course that doesn't happen because then of course Hazel and Caden reaffirm their love for each other, which is what ends up killing Sammy. Well, he kills himself. Yeah. Um. Which I actually, I really like that scene because, you know, it was sort of uh, cartoony how Sammy lands. I, yeah, he's not, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's not real. It's not a real yeah. street, you know. Um, yeah, so he's, you know, embedded in the street, but he is dead. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like that Caden was like, you know, I didn't jump. Yeah. And almost having a hard time understanding that this man actually genuinely falled in love, falled in love fell in love with Hazel and it it's breaking his heart to see her falling in love for the person he's playing. Right. And it, that was a very real emotion that he felt. Yeah. Even though Caden wanted it to be real, he didn't want, you know, that. Yeah, I mean, you could have, you could argue that, uh, Sammy hasn't had a genuine personal emotion in so long, or at least he was uh, subduing them. Right. Or right. pushing them down. Right. Um, so he could be Caden. Yeah, you know? and and yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, I thought I thought that was just kind of interesting that, you know, this sort of subplot of a uh, again, it's not a real term, but you know, love square. Yeah, love square. That Caden not only gets involved in, but sort of causes himself. A love do dodecahedron. Uh, dodecahedron. <laughs> But wouldn't there be like two more people in there? It or would something? be it would be like seven more people. Yeah. Um, so uh, okay, um, I want to talk briefly about Caden cleaning Hazel's or uh, cleaning Adele's, Adele's apartment. Yeah, because um, that's a very weird thing, especially when he includes it in the theater piece um, of going to see Adele because Sammy gave her uh, gave him his her address because he wanted. He's like, I want to see how you will react. Yeah. Which is kind of meta. Oh, yeah. Well, not meta. Uh, 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 oh, God. Method. There we go. Yeah. Sammy's really trying to, like, how would how would you react, Caden? Yeah. And um, I like that uh, they uh, mistake him for Ellen. Right. Uh, a woman uh, who is Adele's housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, he is getting to kind of have this sort of uh, reunion with Adele by leaving these notes. And I love that he is telling her real things that are happening to him, but signing it as Ellen. Ellen. And, you know, and she goes, oh, hey, congrats on the MacArthur grant. You know, uh, would you mind doing the sheets again? You know, yeah, it's it's sort of silly, right? Yeah, but a part of me was like, okay, he doesn't want to let her know, like, hey, I've been coming in and cleaning, you know, your your cum sheets. Right. And um, it, it's so odd, right, that, you know, that, I mean, it, it he wants his life back, I, I guess, or he's wanting closure because he didn't get closure. They left mm-hmm. and they never came back, right? Yeah. And, and, and then somehow she comes back and doesn't tell him. Right. And so he'll do anything to get closure from Adele by cleaning her house, right? Yeah. The only question I did sort of have during this whole sequence of him cleaning her house is the portrait she paints of Ellen. Okay. Which comes back later yes. in, in the end of the movie. And it looks like Diane Weist, yeah. right? But of course, you know, Diane Weist, who is now, which we'll get to, uh, has, has she has taken over the art piece. Yes. Because now Caden is playing the role of Ellen. Because um, he has become sort of overwhelmed. With how big this has become. And needs a break, right? Yeah. I, essentially. And so she proposes that they switch. Just mm-hmm. for now, right? 
Um, and I guess we're geared up to the end. Um, whoops. But she, but, but the, the only question I had is, you know, cause she, she says like, and you, you know, you're, she's directing him through the earpiece and she says, you know, you're remembering when you posed for her, for Adele. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and, and the, that's the only question I sort of had was like, okay, wait, when did that happen? And who knows? Well, he goes to that art show and that was there. So it was a new piece. Right. Right. When he goes to the art show with the little magnifying glasses yeah. and the glasses, so they which, can I liked, see which I liked. Yeah. Um, and, and so it must've, I mean, it was, you know, you know, after Berlin, maybe, maybe, um, how Diane Weiss knows this, I don't know, but, yeah. um, it, who cares at this point, right? I, I know. I just, these are just the questions I have. Oh, I get it. So, um, but okay. yeah. Um, we're, we're drawing to my favorite part of the movie, which is... And I don't remember her character's name, Diane Weist. Um, uh, I literally looked at it, but she's playing Ellen, and then she decides to take over the role of Caden after the Sammy dies. Yeah, after Sammy dies. Right. Uh, because she thinks that she's finally understood who Caden is. Right. Uh, and I love his new assistant after Hazel dies. It's like, she's totally off. Like, she's wrong. She's wrong. And, he, and he's like, just, it's okay. <laughs> like, and, uh, and she proves that, like, yeah, I can, I can play you perfectly. And my favorite part is her, her final monologue um, with her in his earpiece mm-hmm. um, and you know walking through each warehouse and right driving in the golf cart and you know her sort of her conclusion of who is Caden right right and w- what Caden has accomplished and what you know not only what is he accomplished but how is it failed as well and you know mm-hmm how it could possibly continue and how he, you know, just couldn't stop. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, he meets that woman who I love that, that they actually, that wasn't just a, that wasn't a real flashback. Yeah. Like, I I feel like I've seen you before. I I played Ellen's mom in the picnic scene. Right. 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 And then she reminds him how long ago that was. She goes, well, that was years and years ago. You know. And he's like, oh, yeah. Right. Because he's been pretty much living as Ellen for the last. Who knows how long. Yeah. Um, and I, and, I, and I, I do appreciate that Kaufman doesn't give us any clues. We just, we just have to go off of what Caden is seeing, which is the warehouses have fallen in shambles. Yeah. There are bodies lying everywhere. Um. And uh, and even the the actress who plays the mom says like oh most of them are dead or left yeah and which begs the question then why are you <laughs> uh, but it looked like she was maybe gathering some things up yeah but um yeah and it's a very sort of sad end to Caden's story because he's he's just very tired he's and, so tired and very lonely still and he and he asks her can you just sit with me right um. And I do like that that's how Kaufman kind of ends the movie, that Diane Weiss is still directing him. Right. Like, okay, now, now rest your head on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Apologize, you know. You know, his life has transformed into something he is not in control of anymore. Yeah. Um, where, where we see him at the beginning of the movie, and he, I mean, he's still sort of in control of his life, but yeah, now it has th- this essentially... Magnum Opus has spiraled so far out of control that, yeah, he no longer has control anymore. And I love the fade to white. And then she just says, die, die. And it's, it's, it was good, man. It was really good. Like I, I didn't hate it. There were, I mean, like I said, there were some things I'm like, this is, this is weird even for Jeremy. (laughs) Granted, not the weirdest movie we've done this this season. Definitely not. But I was like, this is still so weird. It feels like a lifetime ago when we did House, but that's, I know. know. (laughs) It's only been like, 
I know. This will be episode, like, what, 21? I don't know, man. We've done a lot of these. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. Uh, any any oopsies I forgot? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, again, this this style of, of, of time I love because the passions of time can be so devastating. And mm-hmm. I like when movies play into that. Where yeah. the passions of time is supposed to be sad. It's, you know, it, it's it's depressing that time is moving so fast. Mm-hmm. And that time, so much time has passed. A lot of the reason I loved Interstellar was so much time yeah. is, being, is, passing, uh, is passing him by. Right? Yeah, very, very underrated Chris Nolan movie. That's not true. I think it's uh, I, the reason why think I think underrated? I think I, the reason why I, I I love it. I think the reason why it's underrated is because people, I think he really, really doubling down on all the science of it. I think it, it took a lot of people out of it. I see. I think they were like, yeah. I think he almost lost a lot of people with Tenet. I disagree though. So good because Tenet was fucking dope. Yeah, Tenet's so good. Um, but yeah, no, I I I, I agree. You know, because the passage of time is devastating. You know, even not, we're about to get really real here, you know, you know, people that you've grown up with have moved away or changed or, you know, family members have passed away and, you know, the passage of time is devastating and this movie does sort of, kind of sort of have a bleak outcome. Yeah. But I feel like Kaufman was doing a really good job of saying like, hey, like, you know, we all... We all die. We all live. It's how we live. It's a great movie about someone being terrified of death, right? Mm. And in Caden's case, being so terrified of death and outliving everyone you love. Yeah. Right? Um, it's it's Which is worse, right? Yeah. Because not only are you afraid of death, but you're seeing what death does to people you love and you're still there to see it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know... Again, this is Kaufman's masterpiece to me. So well, I can see why he was when, when I say masterpiece, I mean, I don't necessarily mean best. Right? Yeah. Now, in this case, I do mean that. <laughs> but I mean, he takes everything that is him and puts it in it. Right. Uh-huh. Like to me, Twin Peaks, the return is full Lynch is Lynch's masterpiece. It may not be his best, but it is. But it, yeah, it is everything Lynch is and everything Lynch has done up until that point molded into one thing. Right. Yeah. And it's the best of what it is. Right. This is the best of Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I, and I just realized he wrote being John Malkovich. Yes, he didn't did. he? <laughs> Charlie Kaufman wrote being John Malkovich. Um, I was like, wait a minute. Because I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait, this was supposed to be directed by Spike Jones originally. Really? Uh, who also directed being John Malkovich, but he did where the wild things are instead. He made a mistake. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm glad he did. So Kaufman well, okay. could come in and do so, this. Well, so here's the thing. I say made a mistake because where the wild things are is not a good movie. Didn't say it. Don't know. I like, hang on everyone. Props to the design of the monsters. Sure. They look exactly like the book right off the pages. But did we need an adaptation of Where the Wild Things Are? I guess I guess so. Someone uh, thought so. Spike Jones was like... Someone thought yeah. so. Um, but it's also the same thing with... Um, and you're going to hate me for what I'm about to say. There we go. Same thing with Lynch. Uh, choosing to not do Return of the Jedi and do Dune instead. Because mm-hmm. uh, after I bought Dune, I started watching it. and uh, Oh, yeah. It's not great. It is not good. But again, that's a lot of... Again, this is a sidebar. It, that's a lot of studio interference. That's true. A lot true. Of, well, yeah, course, true. But and of course, adapting a, a book that's twice this thick, my fingers can't go that far apart. Um, is you know, it's you know, hard. Yeah, and maybe I've been spoiled by the new one. Oh, but yeah, definitely been spoiled for sure. By the new one. But anyway, but yeah. So I mean, but but on the flip side, I don't think anyone but Charlie could have done. Of course not. Done this. You know, I only love Kaufman, Spike. Only Kaufman could have wrote something like this. Yeah. No one else thinks like Charlie Kaufman does. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think adaptation is going to be on my list. For okay, next perfect. Season. It's um, okay. Cool. That one is 
literally Kaufman-esque because that's who Nick Cage plays. Yeah. And Nick Cage plays Charlie Kaufman. It's Well, didn't Charlie write it too? Yes. So Kaufman was trying to adapt The Orchid Thief, which is a real book. Um, and he didn't know how to do it. And it was driving him crazy. So instead he wrote a movie about, about him. him trying to adapt The Orchid Thief. And it's so brilliant because it's not only is it about the creative process, but it's also such a personal journey for him to try to come up with solutions and having having someone play him right mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's such a personal film for Kaufman uh-huh. and i think that's again why it's so brilliant in that possibly would have been his masterpiece if he hadn't done this one yeah um man man i i really i really dug it yeah. uh, again i will probably have to probably watch it again well, yeah duh <laughs> um and i've seen it about three or four times uh and and again shout out to philip seymour hoffman man yep. he i mean yes he is the main character yes he does have to carry the movie but he carries the movie so well mm-hmm. especially a movie this this dense yeah. with multi-level stories you know and and, and it, it's it was great I, I really enjoyed it um awesome uh, awesome possum. Yeah, man. It's such a good movie, man. I, I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman fan, as we know. Yeah. Um, next season would be great to do Adaptation or Eternal Sunshine or... Oh, fuck. You know, yeah, because I, I haven't seen that one either. Okay, cool. So that there's your two options right there, bro. <laughs> um, and we'll get to what our theme for next season is going to be uh, probably when we do our end of season series, yeah. which is coming up. Yep. Um, In two weeks? So, Jeremy, are you ready to know what we're going to talk about next week? Yes, sir. I am so, ready. I was going to give you an option before we started recording, uh, like like you've done to me in the past. But I realized one of the options I'm not ready to talk about. It oh. is a future episode, um, but I'm just not, not ready to talk about. Okay. And uh, my final pick for this season, this movie isn't necessarily strange in, in the traditional sense of, like, house. Um, Shit. Yeah. but, uh, it has some strange concepts to it. Uh, and we, I kind of mentioned it to you that I may choose this one. Okay. And, uh, since you and I, um, have recently seen the new Spider-Man. Oh movie, yeah. New Spider-Man. Um, so good by the way. Go see Spider-Man. Yeah. Go see Spider-Man and don't spoil it for, yeah. for people. Okay. Yeah, you fucks. Like, listen, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next week we are going to be talking about the devil all the time. Ooh, the devil all the time. I Very cool. watched the trailer for this movie and Did you get the bootleg. No, dude, you gotta get that bootleg. Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, so when I remember seeing the trailer for this movie and seeing the cast list: Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, uh, Robert Pattinson. Um, they give they give him a lot of shit. His accent is perfect. Oh the yeah, they give him a lot of shit Who, for his Robert accent. Pat? Yeah, it's Ro- perfect for the time and the place. Yeah, so the especially where he's the, is so specific. The character he's from. That, yeah, that's too. why that they thought he was doing it wrong because it's so specific. But it's perfect. By the way. Listen, Hollywood, back off of Robbie Pattinson. All right. Yeah, my man knows what he's doing. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but I remember seeing the trailer and I was like. I was sold yeah, instantly. Um, seeing the movie was completely different than the trailer, which most of the time it was, but I was more, I enjoyed the movie much more liking the fact that it was wildly different from the trailer. Narrated by the author, by the way. Yes, it is based on a book. Uh, it's got one of your favorite actresses in it, Riley Coe. Do love Riley Coe. Um, she's great in it. Uh, but I, man, it for me, the reason why I really wanted to talk about it is just because Tom... He steals every scene. Yeah, Tom Holland's really good. He, I, I love that he took a break from Marvel after Spider-Man: Far From Home, to do, to do this movie and a few others, to really show like, hey, like yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm still in my early twenties, but I can, I can act, I yep. can do other things, uh, because the the movie I was gonna make you choose between. Yeah, I was hoping it was gonna be Cherry. It was because, gonna be Cherry, yeah. but um, but right now, man, I. <laughs> After watching Patrick Melrose, I'm not in the really the the headspace to talk about uh, addiction. Yeah, more addiction stuff. Um, yeah. So Cherry, 
it'll probably be next season because I do want to talk about that movie. But uh, no. So next week, The Devil All the Time. Cool. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed uh, You Say It because I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, Synecdoche. New York. And uh, we'll see you next week for The Devil All the Time. I'm just a little person One person in a sea of many